I think that whole first Kirk scene could have been skipped altogether. It could have, but you know what? It was still good. I still... My name's James Tiberius Kirk! Sorry. And then the Beastie Boys. I'm sorry. That did had no place. No, no. That was good. Because... Because they couldn't have done a song from recently because it would have been pandering to reason stuff. But since that song's 25 years old or whatever, it makes sense. <laughs> Wait, which one? Sabotage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Y'all are gay. Spoiler alert. You're listening to the Comics Online Podcast. Season 9. Episode 11. Lost Team Mutant Tracky Turtles. Recorded May 14th, 2009. This episode, Kevin is joined by regulars Dune, Crows, and Matt, plus the return of Carl and the first appearance of Aaron the Hatch. Topics include Star Trek, Lost, Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged Series, Chuck, Smallville, Supernatural, Heroes, Wonder Falls, Fringe, Big Bang Theory, The Logo Channel, and Comic-Con. This episode also features an exclusive interview with Kevin Eastman, co-creator of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, as he promotes the DVD release of TMNT Season 7. Additional music by the Beastie Boys. Hello again and welcome to the Comics Online Podcast, Season 9, Episode 11. As always, I'm your host, Kevin Goswan, and with me today is Crows. Yo. And Dune. Hey. And back again after a long time, we've got Carl. Hey. Hey, that's not that bad of a lag, dude. I think uh, I think your your problems might be solved. Um, all right, so uh, so this week we've got the season finale of Lost. We've got seems to me some other season finales, and then we've got uh, of course Star Trek came out, and that's kind of a big deal. Kind of a big huge deal. deal. Huge deal. Yes. Amazing. Because um, it didn't suck. Yeah. Yes. I had low expectations. And no, I did too, and they I were all wrong. They've done so many crappy ones that... Right, yeah, well, with the first series, you know, you had Search for Spock, crappy, the restaurant... Actual motion picture, unwatchable. Oh, really? I thought that was okay. Terrible. Just long, boring shots of crap. 
and then they had uh what uh five the uh the undiscovered restaurant in the center of the universe little hitchhiker's guide right well you know uh with with shakari uh even though sean connery couldn't play him um and then you had what whatever seven was uh and then the seven next... was uh generation generations i thought was all right um and uh you got to see the enterprise cl- crash into a planet that was a big deal twice yeah twice I w- they edited that out after 911 though Ada sing <laughs> life forms you precious little life forms we should just have a crow singing episode or not <laughs> um so anyway, uh, and then of course we had uh, what was that Nemesis was a complete and utter turd. Mm-hmm. Well, you skipped First Contact. First Contact had you know, I don't know. It was alright. First Contact was, was good. Movie. It was the best movie to come out of Trek. What? First Contact was the best movie to come out of Trek. Two and four were the best two up until this one. I, I can't hear you, Kevin, because it sounds like your bullshit is getting in the way. <laughs> con, dude, con, and uh, and and the 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 time travel one, the the whale one. I just watched the first episode with Con in it, like two nights ago. Oh yeah, the episode was horrible and hard to watch, right? Yeah, it was alright. I thought Galaxy Quest was the best Star Trek movie. Oh, I think you might be right, Carl. Oh, ouch. <laughs> you might be right. Uh, you know, and, and Tim Allen as the as the Kirkish character, you know, really kind of nailed it. But uh, anyway, so, so the new one, Star Trek without any adjective, no number. They were, uh, you know, completely in your face. Hey, look. Oh, and by the way, just before I forget this, did anybody else notice the uh, the Easter egg in in Star Which Trek? one? The oh, you probably already read about it. But did, when you were watching it, did you notice the Easter egg for Cloverfield? Yeah. You you did. Don't say it. Did you notice the the Easter egg? Yes, I noticed it. <laughs> the Easter egg for Cloverfield. Carl, do you know what I'm talking about? No. Uh, I didn't see it. I, I missed that. Gross. I didn't see Cloverfield. There's actually two Easter eggs for Cloverfield. Two? All right, then I missed one. All right, Crows, bust them out. Uh, the Slusho reference. Slusho. In, in the Star Trek universe, they, you can order Slusho. Mm-hmm. And? And apparently, apparently it's in, you know, Lost and Alias as well. So... Oh, it's an alias as and then, well? Yeah. You uh, didn't know that? Uh-uh. I, didn't, and I don't remember ever seeing it in Lost either, but maybe I did. And then also the uh, Red Matter. That was in... Because if you Overfield? look... Yes, it, the... J.J. Um, uh, Abrams always likes to put giant red balls in things. I thought that represented Giant menstrual fluid. fluid and creating the life of the black hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, okay. There was a giant red ball in uh, 
Alias. There and was. now in, uh, yeah. I didn't watch Alias very much. And then in Cloverfield, there was a Red Earth that was the, uh, you know, logo of the company. Uh-huh. The, uh, what's the name? Hold on, let me get the logo up. Umbrella Corporation? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a different movie altogether. But, uh, where's that logo? But yeah, J.J. Abrams always likes to put giant red balls in things. Gee, I wonder so why, but me too. You know, I like to do that too. It's normally your mom's mouth. Sorry. I, I, and I like to have sex. <laughs> I just, I had to say that. I'm sorry. I, I, I retract my previous statement, but that was just leaving it out. There. All right. Welcome far. back to How to but Steal Comics. Easter eggs. <laughs> <laughs> those were the two Easter eggs located in uh, Star Trek. But then there's also one that, uh, oh, here's the uh, thing. Uh, in the Skype conference there that's the uh, corporation from Cloverfield alright yep um, and then we had uh, Greg Grudenberg once again appearing in a J.J. Abrams thing oh you know I heard that but I, he was a voice for something what was he a voice of I, yes, I, I, saw, his stepdad. I saw his twitter Oh, he's Kirk's stepdad? Yeah. Yes, he was. I didn't notice that. I even noticed that the um uh that the the credit said stepdad, but I didn't notice his name, which is weird because I would, you know, I normally notice that he's all, you know, all day long. Yowza. Don't you wish you were had downloaded Yowza? Hey, how about Yowza? My name's Greg Grunberg and I want you to download Yowza and save money with Yowza. Do what now? <laughs> He's got he's he pimps some business of his where it's like uh, coupons, but the, really it's underpopulated, and so it's like uh, unless you want to save, unless you want coupons for um, I don't know. I think he's got like some container store, Saks Fifth Avenue, uh, Dairy Queen maybe, but Dairy Queen doesn't even have coupons. It's just it just advertises their latest you know whatever they're pimping right now, and it's just like dude, I'm, that's not a coupon. I don't I don't need this. I want an. Ad. I don't want to surf for ads. I just want to. Does Dairy know. Queen exist near civilization? Uh, yeah. Yeah, dude. There's some Dairy Queens out in East East County, San Diego. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, oh, near civilization. Oh. Civilization is what you meant. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you meant uh, a city. We got DQs yeah. up here all over the place. Yeah, there's. It's the closest. Uh, it's the closest fast food to me. I can walk there. Oh, never mind. That was my joke. It was my cross-country oh, my driving references. Oh, oh sorry. Also sorry. the same scene. Been reading with a lot of Kerouac. <laughs> so, so also the same scene with Greg Grudenberg was a Nokia ad. I know. Yeah, Nokia. I think that whole first. I think that whole first Kirk scene could have been skipped altogether. It could have, but you know what? It was still good. I still. My name's James Tiberius Kirk. Sorry, I... and then the Beastie Boys. I'm sorry, that did had no place. No, no, that was good because because they couldn't have done a song from recently because they would have been pandering to reason stuff. But since that song's 25 years old or whatever, it makes sense. <laughs> Wait, which one? Sabotage. Oh yeah, yeah. Y'all are gay. Um. Wait. What? What was your statement about it? I'm sorry, I missed that. 
My point was it was the right that, exact just... age that it made sense for that song to be on there because it's like almost new style of music except for it's like 25 years old. That's not that old, is it? It was off Ill Communication, right? Is that? That was, yeah. that was oh, that's tw- at least yep. 20 years. Ill Communication mm-hmm. was 20 years ago? <laughs> You're old. Yeah, that was. Oh, you just hell. you just had your son's 14th birthday. Oh, god damn, dude. Yeah, well, Carl's about to become his uh, a, a grandfather for the fourth time, so that doesn't make you any less old. Yeah, well, shut up. <laughs> well, you. <laughs> hey, I openly admitted that I watched Star Trek: The Original Series when it was new, first run, when I was a kid. So uh, there you go. Yeah, I'm. When I when I went to school, we didn't study history. It was called current events. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, G.I. Joe was before me and Crows this time. Right. That's true. Yeah, I remember coming coming home from uh, from school, coming home from junior high and watching Transformers and G.I. Joe that came on at 3 and 3.30. Oh, before oh, the cartoons, all... there, before the cartoons, there was the dolls. They were barbie size and had the, the furry heads. <clears throat> right. With the beards. Yeah, with the beards. And they could go and... And hump your sister's Barbie, which is kind of creepy, really. Yeah, they don't ask that... first either. <laughs> no, no, they're they're GI Joe. They take what they want. <laughs> hey, has anybody seen the trailer for the for the GI Joe movie? It actually it's was shown during Trek. the second yeah. viewing of Star Trek. Um, it was horrible. Seriously, suits? They need suits. I don't know. I'm thinking about just going, calling it something else, and enjoying a kick-ass movie. What does it enhance? You? I don't know. I, I, I can, I can call them something else, but I mean, it looked like a kick-ass movie. <laughs> Sorry, I was, uh, I was away for a moment. We were talking about the horrible GI Joe trailer preview that aired during uh, Star Trek. Why did you think it was horrible? I thought it was all right. What, what mean, do those suits enhance? You. Well, all right. Maybe the script. Come on. And the suits oh, that really did. I mean, that's like that's like saying, "Oh, well, the X Men movie sucked because they wore leather instead of blue and yellow spandex." Exactly. Oh, no, that's not the point of the suits. The suits uh, actually give them abilities. G.I. Joe, last I checked, never had any abilities. So yeah. instead of so, yeah. so, so when you go so when you go to see it, you don't think of it as G.I. Joe, you think hardcore. Mm. <laughs> Does anybody remember that? The hardcore, yeah. Wasn't that like Valiant Comics? Oh, was it Valiant? Valiant, yes. Oh, okay. All right. I just no, I'm going to see it as I'm going to go in there thinking. Hey, look, it's the doctor being a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was cool. I, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, what's what's he in? Is this some Doctor Who thing? Oh, no. G.I. <laughs> Joe. I was like, ah, and, you know, and, and Julia's sitting next to me, and I was like, what, what is that? And I'm like, it's G.I. Joe. Because, of course, I can't say it loud. Huh. Eh, anyway. 
the rest of the Trek movie ended up being amazing. They like went over everything. They tied it together with the original universe, including going so far as to make a prequel comic, Star Trek Countdown. To the I movie. read it. I read it all. It was not very good. It, it, it pissed me off because I read it all and then they did the little flashback sequence and I was like, God damn it, why did I spend my time reading that since they summed it all up in two seconds? Except for they didn't have Picard. It did <laughs> explain a couple things. A couple boring things. I mean, like it, the uh, Nero shipping Borg. Well, yeah. part Borg. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I, it was a bad comic, but I still read it. <laughs> I, uh, it was a fan way. Star Trek ended up being just a fun romp for everyone. Include like it's brought a lot of non fans into the series. A bunch have come in saying, "Wow, this is awesome," and they really can't wait for the next movie, which has already been greenlit. And since opening weekend, they've started writing the script. Well, and that's awesome too, because I mean. You know, you, you, you've got a, an old property, as they call them, um, that's got a huge following, got a huge universe that, that spans, well, probably, what, a good thousand years, I would guess? Yes. More or less. Um, and yet they wanted to go back and deal with the, the characters that, that started it all, and Instead of going and deciding, oh, well, we're just going to, to, you know, give our take on it. Instead, they pay homage <laughs> to the original by going and... and Enterprise. Saying, <clears throat> and saying, well, but you know what? But they... Uh, Enterprise was a different thing. Um, Enterprise sucked. I, I didn't think it sucked. It and... Just, it, you know, it, I mean, it didn't suck anymore. You've got to look at it, but it was. Shit. Okay, okay, okay. Let me ask you: What do you think of Star Trek: The Original Series? You know, with with Leonard Nimoy and campy. It's cheesy, but it's lovable. Okay, so what was wrong with Enterprise? Enterprise tried too hard in rehashing all the stuff that Next Generation did. Let's face it, Voyager and Enterprise were both trying to be too much like uh, Next Generation. Well, Voyager was set in the same time period or, or, or approximal time period, so it would make sense that it was similar. Yeah. Um, but Enterprise, I, I don't see why it was trying to be like the Next Generation. I don't see how. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like it was at all. I think it was just trying to be its own thing in the same universe, and you know, sure, it's going to touch on a lot of the same uh, themes and, and characters, and, and try to provide backstory for everything. Because you know, hello, it's an, you know, it is a backstory. But you know, but and while they, the they, they didn't hear Janeway or Archer say, "Well, maybe we should learn from other species we find frightening," I mean. You could almost quote them completely based on Picard saying the same. Well, what, what do you want to There's do? There's only I mean, like so many times they could go over the same sort of crap that uh, Next Gen did over and over again. I and granted, know, I, Next Gen was the best. I think, yes. I think you're, you're really just kind of, um, I don't know. 
romanticizing next gen i mean sure it was great you know it was great but you know it it had some crap episodes too and i think the others you know oh did likewise yes but it didn't have uh two and a half seasons full of crap episodes like enterprise did or the you know whole- that i mean that that is so totally unfair because you're looking at things like when next gen came along that's your star trek my first impression of Next Generation is, Jesus, you know, these guys are trying to copy what Kirk and Spock and McCoy did. Because I grew up with the original. How are they trying to copy it as a completely different take? I mean, there's even a different tone. With, ne- with uh, Next Gen, Voyager, and Enterprise, it's all the same tone. They're not you- even trying to make it different. That's because when they may, if if they do it the same, the fans complain. If they go if they go off track and try to do something different, the fans complain. You're never going to be happy. The new movie and it, the new movie's being hailed. To to me, the only reason that the new that this the movie that we just saw this weekend is going to make the fans happy is because they kept true to the to the basic storylines. But they can change it because they went alternate universe. Yeah, and that was the point that I was going to get to. Um, is is just that they they can they were being true to the fans. They they had they saw all this history and said, okay, well, we we have to both validate this history and at the same time come up with our new thing with our with our young sexy crew, uh, which they did admirably in, uh, you know hiring on young sexy a- actors to play these same characters but doing it in an alternate uh, universe um uh, within the same multiverse if you will rather than just going and so shit- shitting on everything that came b- before which is what everybody was afraid of including myself but they also managed to change things up big time i mean with vulcan gone do you realize how much shit that will change Oh yeah. I well, mean, and the the, the, the the nascent the main, uh, uh, what do you call uh, Federation is going to be host because Vulcan, you know, while they're you know the scientists, they also had you know the substantial military power. Um, yeah, they kept the Klingons and Romulans in check. Right, and, and without them, what are you going to do? Going to get hosed here and, and start? War. Yeah, no shit. Which I'm not surprised because. You know, they're going for a more action take on the, you know, whole Star Trek franchise and bringing full-scale war into it by killing the mediators. Uh, well, that's a great idea. Agreed. Yeah. Plus, I don't war think we Kirk in a full war situation. No. But you got to remember, as, as well as having no Vulcan... You also have no Romulus. No, no, Romulus is still there because Romulus is just gone in the uh, Prime Universe. The other universe still exists. Right, so the the new universe, ultimate Star Trek, if you will, um, (laughs) has, uh, you know, still has Romulus, but no longer has Vulcan. And so, you know, that's... It's true. I think that's more significant. Let's say if we were to blow up Vulcan, I mean Romulus... I mean, seriously, what would that do? Not a whole lot other than, you know, stop some interesting story. But really, it wouldn't necessarily stop any of the the Romulan stories because the, the Romulans that 
that the Federation had problems with tended to be your, uh, you know, your uh, fringe renegades. sort of, yeah, your renegade types anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Much like this guy. Uh, speaking, actually, I disagree with this guy being just another renegade. Alright. Unlike them, he wasn't military, and it showed. He was just a normal minor dude. Right. He had really, you know, no military uh, thought, no military uh, actions he did. And it brought sort of a fresh Romulan into play here. Yeah, well, no longer it seems, being as though he's been uh, sucked back through the... um Vortex. No, no, it's dead. Because they uh, blew his shit up before it went all through back the Vortex. Well, right, but, you know, his shit blew up in the Prime Universe, I- I'm assuming. Star Trek 616. Oh. Right, Star Trek 616. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek Sub-Zero. <laughs> um, and, and, and that's, that's, you know, anyway. Um, <laughs> Subordinal Zero, not uh, not Sub Zero from uh, from the video game. <laughs> ah, well. So what else is going on? Uh, anything new with uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! The Unabridged? Yeah, your Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged uh, series. Um, well, I just got back from Anime Central, pimping both Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged selling shirts and pimping comics online. Nice. Did Hopefully, you... we get more listeners. Did you? Bring... Yes, I always do. All right, good. The banner? The yep. banner? All right. That. Good, good. That, uh... One of these days, I'm just going to take a picture of that thing, because you I never to. take any pictures at cons. Ever. You need, to. you need to get somebody to take a picture of you behind the... the uh, yes, yeah. But then we'll just have to Photoshop him out. Picture person. All right. But anyway, I went there, uh, had a good time selling shirts and being stuck in a booth all weekend. And in, in two weeks, I'm going to Anime Boston to do the same thing. So if any one of you guys are, like, listening and live in Boston, come see me and be like, hey, you're crows. And I'll be like, yes, I am. And then uh, uncomfortable silence. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then also in two weeks, we're going to be finishing up season two of Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridged, finally, starting off with episode 40. And uh, then this summer we're going into ep- uh, to uh, season three. So, so that's all, for... that's as far as you've gotten with that show, huh? It's now how many seasons is, is the regular show? Five seasons. Oh, so you've got a lot of material to go with to to, to use so far or in the future. Mm. Yes, we're about halfway through, to be honest. Okay. There are um, 220 episodes in all of Yu-Gi-Oh! regular right now, and um, we pretty much are up to episode 40 in us, but how many episodes we're up to in regular Yu-Gi-Oh! We're at episode uh, 84, I believe. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah, we managed to abridge, because like several episodes... Uh, are just card games, card games, card games, or one card game spread out over several episodes. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so that's how we abridge Yu-Gi-Oh! down so much. Alright. Fair enough. So, uh, will will LK be be showing up for Comic-Con this year? Uh, Yes, he will. 
And um, are you are you not are, are, are you not babysitting him this year? That's a, that, that's one thing I need to know. I do not know. I have no comment on that. <laughs> hey, we LK, shall... are you? <laughs> Is 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 Crows babysitting you this year? Is Crows your mom? Does Crows have to hold your hand wherever where you, wherever you go in San Diego this year? I'm just wondering. I hate you, Kevin. Oh uh, well. But yeah, uh, actually at Comic Con there may be a little something special in store that we've set up with possibly another company that possibly owns the Yu Gi Oh uh, license. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Possibly. So if those of you are coming to Comic Con, I'd recommend going to the Yu Gi Oh panel. And you're going to legitimately be there perhaps instead of just uh perhaps. bombing in i cannot conf- i cannot confirm or deny anything right now but uh but i can happen. confirm <laughs> i'll make it official i don't mind all right well you have to say it in the crow's voice <clears throat> yes <laughs> i can't do it yet <laughs> come on just do it uh, uh yes so, uh, ah, fuck i can't right now <laughs> i need a couple more shots that's right you can't <laughs> shut up Get to the back That's of the right, classroom, you can't bitch. Shut up. No, I can't do it yet. Uh, oh, man. Um, in other TV finales this week, we got the Supernatural finale coming up. Oh, right. And, uh, and, and what do you call... Um, I'm, I'm assuming that Smallville as well? Yeah. Yes, but who really watches Smallville? Me. I mean, that show I got dumb after the second me, me and Carl are the last two uh, watchers of that. The Nielsen ratings just call you guys. Yeah, they're just like, "Did you watch it?" Well, I I taped it. I DVR'd it. I plan on it. I'll I'll watch it within a week. I promise. I watch it and I enjoy it. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't make me come to the the Easter egg. We'll just thump you. (laughs) All the Easter eggs are about Kevin's personal life. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering why they mentioned so many things that were so close to me. Oh, why is he wearing my favorite hat? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, and th- then they just make Chloe stupid this this season too, just to piss me off. And then rape Doomsday. I I really didn't mind, you know. Like I, you know, as you know, I'm a eight, more of an '80s child than as far as comics go, and so uh, Doomsday, in my opinion, was crap to begin with, and so you know, I don't really care what they do. Oh yeah, them. he was. He was only brought in to kill. Uh, Superman. Oh my God! Spoilers. Oh, I can't believe you did that. Well, as always, this is Comics Online, and we're all about the spoilers. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, Doomsday. So I, I'm assuming in the final one, Doomsday kills him, and then you know, Lois mm-hmm. will be crying and holding his his broken body. Yeah, while well, he wears a red sweatshirt. Well, yeah, yeah, she'll be she'll be crying and holding the the red blue blur as his uh, as his red jacket is uh, is on a stick next to them. I think that's how that, will, that the season will end. That's my prediction. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, dude will actually learn how to fly because it's it's a source of constant irritation with me when I watch that show. I'm just like, come on, dude, just fucking fly. Just try, try it. But they have that rule they instituted back in season one. You know no what? tights, no flights. Yeah, you know what? No tights, no flights. Those those two assholes are fired. Fuck them. <laughs> sorry, sorry for turning into to nomad for a moment, but fuck them. Those two bastards got fired because they sucked. It, no tights, no flights. That's great for when he's still in Smallville. Once he gets his, once he gets to the big city, 
you know, he, he ought to be able to not only leap tall buildings, but actually start flying. Because otherwise, I call fucking shenanigans and p- pussy riding. S- uh, Smallville riders, you're all a bunch of pussies. Make them fly. Yeah. Asside cocksuckers. Well, they might be cocksuckers Whoa. too, but they, they're, they're at the very least pussies. I mean, he needs to have a TV screen in the watchtower. No matter how lame that is with Chloe running it, he needs to be part of the league. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, for sure. Even, even, even those lame guys from the future knew that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, even, uh, what do you call, what's, it, what's his name? Lightning Lad? Lightning Lad? Yeah, light, Lightning Lad was all... It wasn't Lightning Lad that said that, was it? Well, he was... Lightning La- Co- Cosmo, uh, Cosmic Boy was, you know, not the... You know, he was the more staid, you know, chill dude, and Lightning Lad was the fanboy. He was like, oh, yeah, you know. Okay, it must have been Lightning Lad then. He was saying about how, how much of a big uh, Superboy fan he was. Of course, he didn't use the term Superboy because nobody can because there are some... Other people who are pussies and won't let people use Superboy. Um, this is why I'm bitter about comics. Bullshit like that. So anyway. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad that they're going to have a ninth season and hopefully they can uh, you know, have him fly for the majority of it and uh, eventually end up with him in a costume. That's my hope. I don't know if it'll happen. But I'll do I'll do the review on season eight if we get that one too. <laughs> right on. So uh so su- you were saying supernatural. What's uh what's the ending gonna it's projected to be like for that? Spoilers. Uh Lucifer is gonna rise. The uh-huh. brothers are finally fighting again uh against each other. Uh, Dean's on the angel side with uh, Sam being with the demons. Mm-hmm. Him drinking demon blood and becoming like very super powered while Dean is uh, being like pumped up by the angels and whatnot saying is even he though he doesn't want to do it. Is he going to be a host or is he going to be pumped up by them? Oh, we don't know yet. He They told him that he had to agree for to whatever. And we've seen that uh, the so, angels have to get people to agree to be hosts before they could, you know, be in their box. Yeah. As seen by Castiel's host right. within the previous episode. Gotcha. So yeah. that's looking good. That apparently season five is going to be the last season. Yeah. Which which is Look. probably for the best. They want to get out while the getting's good. I mean, they've they've had some really strong episodes this season. Um, oh, it, to be honest, I don't think Supernatural's really had that bad an episode. Not that I could think of. I quit watching after the first season because I thought it was getting lame. They they had some shaky ones in the first and second season, but after that, they it just got stronger and stronger. Unfortunately, and yeah. unfortunately, I've got to wait for box sets to get cheap to catch up. Yeah, and apparently, after season five, the uh, what Kripke has been wanting to do is a Wild West supernatural series. Which, for those of you that watch Briscoe the, County uh, Junior, <laughs> <laughs> oh, how I would love for that to come back! 
go Bruce Campbell. Uh, that if those of you that follow the lore of the show of Supernatural know that uh, uh, Sam Colt, the maker of the gun which could kill demons, lived back in those times. And, well... And so they 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 hmm? want so Kripke make, wants to make a uh, a show based in the supernatural universe that's that's in those times. Yep. Nice. Which I think could be really interesting. Awesome. So uh, him and uh, what what do you call Mick G? Mm-hmm. Also, uh, the guy who uh, he also does uh, Chuck. Mick G, and he also is doing uh, the new movie Terminator Salvation. Oh, is he? Right on. Yes, he's the director, and it, Terminator Salvation is looking awesome. You know, I, I saw a, after the hmm? third after the third one, which I fell asleep on constantly. I was you know really just kind of burnt out on the whole thing, but then uh, seeing that when I when I watched Star Trek in the theater, I was. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to have to give this a shot. I'm going to have to actually go to the theater and watch a Terminator movie for the first time since Terminator 2, which was a hell of a long time ago. Mm-hmm. That, and with Mick Yeah, my, my expectations are low on that one. Mine were initially until I saw that trailer. Yeah, but trailers can be deceiving. I love that, True enough. Oh, and the word on the street, speaking about Chuck, is that it is renewed. That they, uh, NBC just let a show go that was going to be on their network. What was that? Uh, hold on. Let me get the article up here. Looking links. Come on, load. Load. Oh. NBC turns down Legally Mad. The network has officially taken a pass on the show about a young woman who takes a job at her dad's law firm and a band of eccentrics who work there. And because it says that NBC skipped Legally Mad, they're saying that it's looking like Chuck is taking its spot. I can't... I don't know why in the world Chuck wouldn't have a spot anyway. I mean, come on. Chuck. I know. It's the it's reason that Lost isn't off the air. Wait, what? Chuck is the reason that Lost. It, or, no, I'm sorry. I, I, by Lost, I meant Heroes because I'm retarded. Oh yeah. Um, that is true. Yeah, it's the reason that Heroes is is got picked up. It's the reason why people tune into Heroes because it's preceded. It's by the show Chuck. after Chuck. It's the show, but yeah, exactly. So. I don't know. Well, the that Heroes didn't suck, this, do the suck same this season. Well, you know, and it, it didn't toward the end, but at the beginning, man, it was very choppy. Yeah. I mean, it, it had some good episodes, don't get me wrong, but it had some shit episodes, too. Yeah, but they, they stopped, they stopped giving everybody powers. Every, I mean, you know, there's people who don't have powers, really. Yeah. <laughs> well, as soon as Brian Fuller came back in... You saw the uh, show get better immediately. Right. At the, ex- at awesome. the expense of us losing uh, the pie hole. Mm-hmm. But um, Brian Fuller may be soon leaving Heroes again. Oh, shit. What, because he's on? optioning a uh, Star Trek series. What? 
based on the new uh, franchise. Are you kidding me? God, we don't need nope. another Star Trek TV show. You know, I, I do. Would, I I would kind <laughs> of rather just just go with the whole. Hey, if Brian Fuller is doing it and it's set in this new place, this new universe, I'm for it. sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know we're. I'm of the mindset that. I'm, on I'm the of the mindset that Fuller cannot do anything wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, he he has definitely shown that he can he can do a variety of things well. Um, you know, Wonder Falls, Dead Like Me, uh, uh, Pushing Daisies. Yeah, all the shows that don't stick around. Yeah. Yeah. So he can get, get shows oh, awesome. canceled. He he can get a bunch of great shows canceled well. So, uh, good job. I mean, with the exception of Pushing Daisies, I agree with you on all those shows, but they had no staying power. Yeah. Because they were cult classics. Cult classics were only good for geeks like us. Frankly, I wanted Wonder Falls to last for more than a season. Oh, so did I. I loved Wonder Falls. The, the only place I, th- I, I think I ever watched Wonder Falls was in Carl's store. That could be. <laughs> Although, fun but story, I, mean, I move up here to Idaho, uh-huh. and we got, we got satellite TV. Uh-huh. So I run across this channel that shows Wonderfalls reruns on once a week. So I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying attention to what the channel is. Logo. The gay station? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> You weren't the only ones to be laughing because I'm watching the gay station once a week. Did you notice that the the, the advertisements were a little strangely skewed? <laughs> no, because advertisements is when you get up to go to the bathroom and get a soda. All right, fair enough. So it wasn't, it wasn't until Priscilla Wait. said something. I'm like, no, you're crazy. And then I'm sitting watching. Oh, my God, this is just wrong, especially with penguins. <laughs> Uh, that, uh, okay, I just, so I just, I just made sure to mute the commercials and shut my eyes. And hey, some of my, some of my, my, my best penguins are gay. I know. <laughs> Get a grip, man. That's, but that's see, if Brian Fuller now has Star Trek, uh, that's something with all uh, some sort of staying power. It has the brand behind it, and he it does good writing, so it has a chance. <sighs> That's why I wouldn't mind seeing it. I think expectations are too high from a movie that won't transfer to a TV show. So you're going to have people who are disappointed because you don't have the the movie power. And then they're, all they're going to do is compare it to know? Enterprise. Huh? Wait, there's nothing wrong with, like, Budgets for TV shows are sometimes greater than movies nowadays. I mean, look at Battlestar. Look at all that awesome CGI. Yeah, That's better know, than a couple movies I've seen. you got things like Battlestar and Lost that really take things to uh, a cinematic level of, of production value. Mm-hmm. Let's just say I'm wary. I've seen too many things try to, try to go from movie to TV, and they just don't work because of people's expectations. Or the studio saying, well, it's Star Trek, so we'll cut the budget because everybody's going to watch it because it's Star Trek, and then you end up with crap. But we also have Abrams behind it. That's the key. Gabrams? Abrams is known to bring in money. 
from the logo channel. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. Look, if they if they do it, I'll watch it. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put my right hand in my pocket waiting for fear end up left handed if it sucks. Yeah. All right. All right. And um, speaking about Abraham shows, uh, Matt just got done watching uh, Lost. Oh, did he? Is Matt on yet? Tell Matt to get on and quit being lame. Wow, I definitely didn't expect to be on on this late. Oh, that's all right. I'm gonna go watch Trekkies. Damn you! Wait, wait for Matt. Oh wait, you don't care about the Lost stuff. All right, well, see. Ya. I ultra don't care about Lost. Yeah. I know. Oh buddy! Oh buddy, Franklin. We actually had a really nice lead into Lost. Right. Going to all talk right. about Trek and Abrams. Oh. Yeah. You guys all burn in hell. All right, bye. Bye, Kelly. Kevin says bye, Kelly. Bye, Kevin. She said bye. All right, go have a burrito. Ooh, you know what I love about Cinemax? The late night? Yeah, all the softcore porn. Yeah. Okay. Especially when you get things, you get these stupid things with names like Cleavage Field. For real? Oh yeah, it's horrible. Wow. It's bad even for oh, softcore speak- porn. <laughs> Speaking about Trek, mm-hmm. um, the soundtrack is amazing. Oh, Matt says he's going to sleep in oh, six hours, that. and he wasn't impressed with the finale. Or he's going on. to see he is working six. We've been waiting for him this whole time. Tell him to get on real quick, and then he can leave. It's only lost. Not like it's important. Well, so, Fringe's season finale was this week. Also says, don't be a nomad. <laughs> All right, he's on. Oh, look, here's Matt. Hey, Matt. Yes? Matt. Let's go so, over this real fast. Yeah, so so what'd you, what'd you think about Lost's season finale? Previously on Lost. Spoilers. Uh, I don't think there were enough nukes in it. There could have been some more explosions. Right. And... Wait, is that Aaron? Aaron? Yeah, it's No, Aaron. this is Matt. It's Hatch. Hatch! <laughs> Honestly, though, really... Well, I guess we about. found out what's in the hatch. Uh, apparently it's oh. Matt. Oh, that's a oh. little bit... They're on, they're, their right. version of Loss is on the Logo channel. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt hung up. Oh, that's great. Let's go back. There was a guy in my history class this semester. Hey, Matt. Just walked in. I swear to God, he looked like Matt. Really? He was Matt. That's shocking. Carl, didn't you know I'm taking your history class? <laughs> All the way in Idaho? Yes. I fly out to Idaho. You commute. That was awful antisocial of you not to say hi then. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, whatever. So, so uh, I'm lost. Okay, we start you off like lock going two down. minutes. So Matt, previously start off with on lock lost. Going to, oh. Previously on Lost. Previously on Lost. I'm Juliet. I love you, Jack. 
No, wait. I love you, Sawyer. Oh, wait. There's a bomb. Boom. <laughs> that actually summarized the entire season. The entire carrier, the character arc. That uh, did. But that's just one character. So, so what was Jacob in before? The actor? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He was in something recently. Oh, you know what? He was in Life on Mars. He's He was the guy's dad. Actually, he was Reader's baby daddy and Dexter. Okay, oh, so yeah. did you guys catch all the Egyptian stuff as far as the, you know, who Jacob was, who the other guy was? Did you understand that? Who was Jacob? Yes. It's, it's Jacob and Esau? Yeah. Is that who it is? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. Crows, explain that uh, it goes back to the whole God loves you as he loved Jacob. Oh. And Jacob being the chosen one, why uh, the other dude being the one that, you know, didn't get shit. Mm-hmm. So apparently yeah. these two beings are supposed to be those two. And who do you think the other guy is also? What do you mean, also? I think he's the smoke monster. No, he isn't the smoke monster. Oh, yes, 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 he is. I I'm thought, pretty sure. You know, oh, yeah, he is. I thought, I thought Juliet was a smoke monster. No. Actually, the smoke monster was Juliet. It's the other way around. Right. <laughs> right, that's what I was saying, really. All right, and so, and the uh, the statue is Sobek? Yes. Uh Yes. Who was the guy who uh, ate? Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Black Marvel Junior, or whatever that guy's name was. Oh, uh, you're making a DC Comics reference. <laughs> uh, That's funny. <laughs> uh, was it Countdown or Fifty Two? That was in Fifty Two. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Yeah. So. But, okay. but, uh, yeah. So anyway, he's the uh, the god of. Fertility. Wow. Yeah, but War also, and fertility. We seem to have their priorities crossed. <laughs> or exactly in the right place. <laughs> well, I thought it was um gosh, what did I what did I read? It was it was um oh, I guess yeah Wiki is saying war and fertility, but I was reading something else that said um Power and protection. For your mom. Mm. Oh, alright. I didn't realize it was for my mom. Thanks, fertility. <laughs> oh, right. That, uh, huh. We had Jacob visit uh, each of the characters in various stages of their life, except Juliet. I know. Juliet did What's not up with visit, that? And so far, she died. So wait, no, wait. He, he wasn't in that, that Juliet nope. scene? No, nope. that was the only flashback he wasn't a part of. Maybe he, he was in the form of her sister. I don't know. I'm reaching. <laughs> Maybe he was her father. Right. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that the characters on the list, the original list um, that Ben had, were the ones that he visited. But he also visited Saeed and Locke, so... And really. Sawyer. No, Sawyer was on the list. Oh, was Sawyer. Yeah. What was the list? The original list at the end of season, season two. two. 
And well, had to, and I didn't watch season two or three. You're behind. I watched four and five. Yeah. I'm up to date. No one cares, Eric. I know. I'm just defending Matt saying that I I lost my train of thought. Okay. So we anyway, finally got our all-out brawl between Sawyer and Jack. I really, really wanted Sawyer to kill Jack. I think it would have made so many people happy. But, I mean, seriously, Do we who, didn't, Jack now? who didn't see the death coming? Juliet? Yeah. I didn't, but yeah. until the end. I, I really thought, uh, I, w- I was kind of hoping that, that Sawyer was going to take a, a, a rock and crush Jack's head, personally. Yeah. We also got but, confirmation that Rose and Bernard are the Adam and Eve. What? Did we? What? You, yeah. They, they said, weren't living in they the caves. They're not going. Huh? Yeah, but they weren't in the caves. So they could have moved into there. I mean, they said they're done. That's not confirmation, then. It's just, like, speculation. Oh, it's, right. The one black and one white. That's funny. I mean... But Bernard I had dreads. I don't see how it could be anything else, especially if that blast that ended the episode ends up opening up with our characters in the present again. What about the Which, dog? Which, by the way, that was a shitty way to end the episode. Or that was a... a Honestly, though, compared to the last, the last three finales, this one's pretty weak. Yeah, you know, I liked it better I the first so. time I thought when it was in... Four was w- when it was in Starbrand, issue 12. Kevin, you're making a reference no one gets. Come on, back to Lost. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Come on, the white event. Never mind. Never yeah. Mind. If you see me, I'm doing this whole, I don't know, uh, reaction. He actually wasn't yeah, until he said he was. Ow. Fine, fine. I honestly thought that season four has been the weakest uh, finale we've gotten. Season four's finale was pretty weak because we already knew what was going to happen. Yeah. But season five, well, that was interesting with, you know. So they are coming. Did they mean the uh, Oceanic Six are coming back along with the survivors in the past? Or did it mean something else? Oh, and in the preview, whose eye was that? I have my idea. Which is? Ben. Yeah. Looks like Ben's eye. Bon's eye? Bon's eye! No, Ben's eye. Well, but it sets up... I didn't see the eye. Oh, okay. Was it in the? It was in the, the, the white, the white flash. Oh, okay. But seriously, Matthew Fox says that uh, season six is going to be on a global scale. So it seems like they just released this evil onto the world. So basically, a, a Jack Shepard vampire hunter. Nice. That'd be pretty awesome. And he's going to have. Jeers and uh, and a jeered. Yes. It'll be great. Yeah, that would. And, uh, let's see. Maybe they'll all be vampire hunters, except they'll have their own. Actually, they're zombie hunters because it's supposed to be the zombie season. Oh, oh yes. What? The zombie season. Lost zombies. Yeah, they they keep joking about that season uh, six is the zombie season because season six of Alias was the zombie season. It was. 
Yep. Yep. Man, I should watch some Alias. Hey, Matt, do you have all the Alias seasons? Good. Yes, I have all six seasons. No. All right. <laughs> uh, there is no sixth season. Oh, you bastard. Oh, wait, yeah, there's five seasons. That's right. But yes, season five is the uh, zombie season. Season five is the zombie season? Yeah, the zombie season. five. Playing that me- oh, it's Matt. Sorry. That was, that but, was Matt. Um, seriously, though, I do have to be up for work in five hours, so you guys enjoy your podcast. Thanks, Matt. Can I, we at least keep Hatch? A- Can we keep Hatch? That was the last thing. I have to drive home. I'm here at Matt's house. Bye, Hatch. What? Sleep in Matt's bed. Shut up. Sure we all know the truth. What? No, we were watching Lost. In bed. Bed. No, we were on two separate couches across the room from each other, equidistant from the television. Oh, well, that's Meaning, like, in. Oh, one last question for you guys. Will there be no. a random gibberish lost season five song? No. Crows, has there been a season two through five song currently? Or season two through four? Hell, did I'm we even fix the first one? No. Really, you should get back on that as soon as you're done with your zombie apocalypse. Yeah. You Coming soon. Theaters near you. Lost. Zombie apocalypse. <laughs> I think we've learned our lesson about doing musicals based on existing intellectual property. <laughs> but if we hadn't learned our lesson. <laughs> the Monster Ace the Pilot. Yeah. That's one of the songs right there. Uh... Followed by, um, what other songs do we do? Walt! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Walt. <laughs> that, that would be epic. And the whole song is just the word <laughs> Walt. <laughs> and it's just Michael being, Michael screaming. He stops singing at a certain point and just starts screaming. Yeah, that was a good um, No, one of the songs needs to be one, two, three, four, five, Boone. Yes. What? Yes. You don't know the whole story about how Boone was supposed to be named Six? He was? Wait, yeah. what? He was supposed to be You don't know about six? that? Go watch it. I yes. like Boone was an awesome character. I like Boone. And then he died. And then a plane was- fell on him. Well, I mean, he fell on He should be in the first oh. episode of, uh, of season six. He should be in every episode of season six because it's the zombie season. That's true. Wait, no, no. Anna Lucia needs to be in every episode. No, we all she, know how much we love Anna Lucia. She could actually be in fewer episodes than she is in. And what's, like her, I, what's her name? The the uh, the one the Hurley's girl there. What was her name? Libby. Oh, you mean the one that apparently we found out that they will never tell her story. Yeah, they said that her story we're not going to tell because. Uh, what's her name? Played her is being all bitch. Cynthia Waltrus. Uh, fuck her though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and we'll never have her on our site now. Thanks, Kevin. Well, I mean, what was the chance anyway? We can't even we can't even get the black cat on our site. Oh, but you know what we did get on? Uh, we we just spoke with uh, Kevin Eastman, Eastman from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. In fact, you should listen to. Our interview right now. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Season 7 was released yesterday, May 12th. 
and I'm here today with Kevin Eastman. Kevin, how you doing? I'm doing great, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. And I tell you that, you know, it's it's pretty awesome to think that, uh, you know, here it is 25 years later, and we're still talking about uh, turtles. That there's still a, you know, following from such uh, generous and, and amazing fans that we had, you know, way back in the original day when we published the first issue to. Uh, you know all the new fans that we've attracted and uh, been blessed with. You know throughout the uh, the animated series, the movies, and and all the other turtle, you know, landslide stuff. But it's uh, pretty awesome to be uh, talking about this stuff 25 years after I did the first uh, sketch of a Ninja Turtle. Excellent. You know that actually brings up my first question. One of our frequent podcasters, Chelsea Doyle, grew up in a comic store called Moonshadow Comics in Maine. And I get. I guess you frequented the store back back in the day. Do you remember this? Uh, absolutely, hundred percent. No, uh, Moonshadow was on Exchange Street in uh, in uh, the Old Port area, which is a really cool sort of seaport area of, of Maine. And I grew up not too far from there in in, in Westbrook, Maine. And of course, I have a lot of family sprinkled all over the state. So no matter where I was, you know, whether it was you know <laughs> just down in Dover, New Hampshire, which is where you know Peter and I created the turtles, to uh, you know Connecticut, we lived for a while, and then finally Northampton, Massachusetts. Of course, I I spent you know just about a, probably a week a month up in Maine, and and you know could not go without my fix uh, at the, the local comic store. So I was definitely in and out of there all the time. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, apparently her parents ran that store, and mm-hmm. um, and she she wanted to make sure that that question was asked. So I thought I'd do that right right away. Well, tell I said hi, hi Chelsea. That's so awesome. That is really cool, actually. Excellent. So, uh, when coming up for the idea of the initial comic, what made you settle on turtles to begin with? You know, it's it's funny because we we've actually I guess ex- examined that. You know, it could, why wasn't it slugs or monkeys or you know whatever? And I guess it was sort of you know, the natural parody of, you know, what is the, I guess, the the the, mo- the slowest, um, the silliest thing that you could say, you take Bruce Lee and put this inside, this anthropomorphic animal that could move and jump and leap around, what would actually work and what, you know, what sort of completed the joke? And I was like, well, a turtle, naturally. Um, <laughs> so it was one of those, you just, you know, in the moment, came out of nowhere, and, uh, you know, it, it just seemed to fit. As, you know, I still remember, you know, Going through and talking about you know 25th anniversary stuff, I've pulled out different uh, files and doodles and stuff that you know date way back to the day. And I look at that original sketch and go, you know, I just I have no idea where it came from. It just came like you know a, a bolt of lightning into my little brain. I don't know. That's <laughs> funny. So, with regard to the TV show, would you believe that that initial comic book would spawn four movies and a few uh, spin-off TV shows? No, honestly, and that's that's sort of the you know when Peter and I did the first comic book together, we you know we published it by, you know I I had a five hundred dollar income tax return. Pete I think cleaned out all two hundred dollars out of his bank account. We had uh, borrowed a thousand dollars from my uncle Quentin, and um, we published the first issue. And it was never intended. We never thought it would go beyond the first issue. That's why it was you know a self-contained story, beginning, middle, and end, in all forty pages. That was it. You know he sort of said here we go. And um, when the orders kept coming in after we sold out of the original copies and and more orders kept coming in. We said, well, it's, you know, people saying, sending notes and letters saying, well, when's the second issue coming out? And we like, were, well, we didn't really think <laughs> of a second issue, um, but let's let's do it. And uh, that was really, you know, in, in January of 1985 when we were, you know, well through production on the second issue and we'd gotten the orders and the orders were 15,000 copies. You know, that was really the moment of the dream coming true for Pete and I because we realized like, you know, if we did six of these a year and we sold at least 15,000 copies per issue, 
we could actually make a living drawing comic books. Um, and that was, again, a childhood dream, childhood fantasy to be a, you know, like Jack Kirby, write and draw and tell our own stories. And so for us, you know, that's the moment the dream came true and the fact that it was able to continue to grow from there. Um, so, you know, I think by the following year, we're selling more than 100,000 copies. We began production, um, you know, because we had approval over, you know, the toys, toy designs, uh, scripts, the animation stuff. We worked hand-in-hand -hand with each company and, and got the final say on, on pretty much all of that stuff. Um, it was pretty awesome that not only it worked as a comic book, but each time it went into a different universe, I like to call it the animated universe or the toy universe or the movie universe. And it somehow worked and resonated with an audience was, you know, equally phenomenal that, you know, we sold copy one of the first issue. Well, that's fantastic. So uh, do you have any words of wisdom or encouragement you could give to newcomers to the industry who want to break in and have even some slight amount of the success that you and Peter did? Honestly, it's it's drive and ambition and, and commitment. It's, uh, you know, I mean, I was, I, I felt I was, I was very lucky when I was young, you know, seven or eight, nine years old that, you know, I was reading comics all the time, and I, from that point, I knew that's all I, that's all I ever wanted to do. <laughs> and it sounds, you know, and and, I'm, and I know, you know, some people sort of search around and for, you know, this this calling in life, but um, and I've never wavered from that path, and and sort of, you know, it's just, uh, you know, if you want to be a comic book artist, then you have to work at that task every day, no matter what. I mean, you know, life's hard and there's, you know, work and relationships and rent and, you know, things that you have to deal with, but you really have to make the time to, to draw every single day. And, um, you know, I'd like to think back to my, I had a high school art teacher, um, Jane Hawks, <clears throat> that was just, you know, phenomenal, really super encouraging. And she, she was never, you know, most art people that teach art would look down at comic books as a lower life art form. Um, but she was like, look, if that's what you want to do, if you want to draw comic books, you have to be able to draw everything. You know, if you want to draw uh, a comic book panel that has me and you in a room talking in, in, you know, there's cars going by outside, you have to draw everything perfect. And you have to draw in perspective. <laughs> so you have to draw, you have to draw chairs and cups and cars and people and faces in different positions. And you have to draw like, everything you can see with the eyes. You have to be able to draw to tell a good story. And I was like, wow, you know, you're right. So draw anything, everything and draw every day. That's sort of my, well, it's a good it. thing. You didn't get started in the nineties then because it would have <laughs> been a whole different turtles. It would have been a just blank backgrounds and just them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It would be all green screen. <laughs> right, right. Can you uh, talk about, now I realize we're, we're here to talk about the Season 7 DVD set, or at least to promote it, but can you talk about the possibility of a new live-action movie? Well, just well, I can tell you what I know is that um, I know that uh, you know Mirage Studios, through Peter Laird, who runs all the creative on the Turtles these days. I'm, I'm off in my own little heavy metal world, uh, but he's working with a, a friend of mine, Galen Walker, who produced uh, uh, the uh, the last Turtles animated movie, and uh, they're both working with the incredible Scott Mednick. Um, and I know that they've talked a lot of different possibilities of what the story could be or what they'd like it to be, um, and have not decided yet. So. You know, I, I'm not holding out. I just don't know. <laughs> they haven't told me, and I know that they're, you know, uh, there's a lot of rumors flying around of what it can be. And I just think it's great that um, even though the animated movie was fantastic on every level, I'm a, you know, I, I just adore Kevin Monroe, who wrote it and directed it. Um, it was phenomenal. Uh, and I know that, uh, uh, that you know, then going back to doing a live-action version with, you know, guys in suits, but all with a computer assist, you know, visually, I think that's going to be, uh, especially with today's technology, I think it's going to be just a, a blast. You know, I mean, God, you look at 
Batman, you know, the reinvention with Batman and Iron Man and all that stuff, and that's just the the bar's been raised, and I know that these are the guys that are gonna step up to uh, to to meet that. It seems now's the time to do such things, as opposed to you know back in the day you had a, a, a kind of a sillier sort of thing going on with guys in rubber suits. Dude, you know, I, I do, and I, it, was, it was funny because I was in New York recently at the Tribeca Film Festival with uh, Steve Barron, who directed the original uh, first movie, and then, coincidentally enough, I had just had lunch with Brian Henson, Jim Henson's son, uh, and we were just kind of reminiscing of the fact that, you know, 99.9% of the technology that was used to make the Turtles act in those suit was created <laughs> just for that. It was like, you know, that was, that was cutting-edge, state-of-the-art, you know, mind-blowing tech <laughs> for what for what you could do in those days and it's and it's true but you look at it i mean and it's, it's funny because steve and i we they they showed they had an outdoor screening and it was like three thousand people there and steve did an introduction and i did and pete did a taped one and and that and we sat and watched the movie and and we're like wow that actually really holds up pretty good um you know you you know being our own worst critics you see the flaws and this and that but you know here we are you know not none of us had seen the movie and, you know, on the big screen in almost, you know, 20 years, and it's like, oh, that's not that bad. <laughs> it was actually kind of fun. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'm, you know it's, it's great that the classic still, you know, holds up to a certain extent, and I, I look forward to seeing what the guys can do with the new tech on the, on the new one. So Peter's working on, on that sort of thing. Beyond yep. he- heavy metal, what projects are you currently working on? Well, you know, I mean, if I haven't told you, if you know what's going on with the heavy metal movie, um, it's uh, where David Fincher is executive producing, a co-executive producing with uh, James Cameron. Um, it'll be a $50 million 3D anthology animated film done, uh, animated uh, pretty much primarily with blur, by blur animation here in uh, Venice, California. <clears throat> we have directors such as uh, Zack Snyder, Gore Verbinski, Mark Osborne, uh, who was co-director of Kung Fu Panda. And there's three other directors that have stepped up that I can't tell you about yet, but they're equally jaw-dropping. So we'll have a a film that will have a, uh, one of the sequences will be directed by Jim Cameron, one by David Fincher, one by Zack Snyder, one by Gore Verbinski, one by Mark Osborne, and that is freaking awesome. That um, does sound like uh, quite, a, quite a group. Now, is, yeah, no, is this going to, I don't want to say mimic, but echo the original movie in any way? Is there anything you can tell us about a wraparound story or anything like that? No, I mean, I can tell you that it will be, you know, like the first one, it will be an anthology, but it's going to be all new stories, um, pretty much original stories or, or based on sci-fi, science fiction short novelist stories. So it'll be primarily all new stuff, and much like, you know, the approach of um, redoing the Turtles from, you know, uh, 1989 to uh, 2011 when that comes out, you know, using the latest cutting-edge technology and systems and, and tech. Um, you know, we're going from a 1981 Ivan Reitman-produced, highly, you know, um, revealed classic uh, by all the fans, and we're going to reinvent that in, in you know, today's uh, times and uh, um, styles. And that's, you know, I just, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm as equally excited uh, just because it's... Uh, it's just cool, and it's great to you know have the good fortune and experience to work with some of these guys. It's going to be just awesome people that I've idolized you know for a good chunk of my life, being as big a movie geek as I am a comic geek. Um, <clears throat> but beyond heavy metal, I've got two or three other smaller entertainment projects I'm working on. I've got a new kids project called Underwear that'll be an animated uh, feature, um, but smaller budget. Um, executive, I'm executive producing a War of the Worlds animated feature with. Uh, my good buddy Joe Pearson and uh, an absolutely mind-blowing uh, Malaysian uh, K- Korean studio production, 
And I've got comic-wise, I've got a, a story I've been working on for about four years called uh, White Ronin Blues. It's currently a 500-page graphic novel in length, and I'm going to start serializing that as an ongoing series, um, I'm hoping by November, December of this year. Nice. So, um, so I, I, that and uh, two kids and eight dogs, I keep myself pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty busy. Yeah, I guess so. All right, a couple other questions here. Out of the out out of the whole turtle family, which character is your favorite and why? You know, hands down. I mean, favorite turtle is Raphael. Hands down, no questions asked. It sort of was. You know, I guess it was interesting that you know I loved to write him the most because I could identify with him the most. You know, sort of being a little bit alienated, a little bit passionate if you will so you might you know other people might look at that as a little hot-headed um but i was always uh, carefully balanced uh with uh, pete laird who is is probably most like donatello mm-hmm. and so we we worked very well together in that sense um and uh you know outside the turtles casey jones is is by far one of my favorite turtle characters and actually in fact anytime i've done you know, a one-off, whether it be a short story or the final, the final turtle story I did was a uh, was a hundred-page epic I did with Simon Bisley called Body Count, and that featured Casey and Raphael. So I always gravitated to them because they were the both most, you know, brotherly <laughs> in the fact that they gave each other, you know, a whole lot of shit and, uh, you know, always, uh, you know, you know, take a bullet for each other. And the time came, you know, they just, you know, good, good, solid brotherly relationship. And uh, so that's those are my favorites. I personally was really thrilled when you guys came back to what I would consider the real turtles came back to comics a few years back and it was and it had occurred in in real time one of our uh, biggest fanboy complaints among our group of podcasters is the lack of time continuity and yours really stands out that you know they they came back and then all of a sudden it's been the same amount of time had had actually passed Yep. Yep. No, I know that uh, when Pete brought the the original publication back and the original turtles back in that form, and I, and, and and in black and white, I thought, you know, that what a what a what a great idea and what a great gig. I mean, that was, you know, I mean, honestly, looking back, it was partly our blessing and our frustration at the same time that, you know, we went from, you know, working pretty much twenty four hours a day, well, you know, whatever, twenty four hours a day working on nothing but the turtle comics, just Pete and I, um, and that's how we produced, I guess, the first fifteen sixteen issues which is around the time that the licensing started taking off. And we went in probably, you know, less than a six month time period from spending 90% of our time writing and drawing comics and doing 10% of our time taking care of business to 90% of our time being taking care of business and being businessmen and 10% of our time to be creative, actually, you know, physically drawing on the comics. We oversaw every other creative aspect of the turtles, but we couldn't do what we got into the business in the first place for, which was to draw draw comics. And so that really, from very early on, it really messed up the continuity. Just to keep the black and white comic books coming out on a regular basis, we started working with, you know, a number of other artists that we really admired and wanted to work with, everybody from, you know, the in-house guys, Mike Dooney and Jim Lawson and Eric Talbot, with two, you know, outside guys like Michael Zuli and uh, Mark Bodie and uh, Simon Bisley and and that it was, but the continuity just was all over the place. So, um, that was one of the things that I guess was most personally interesting to me to this story I'm doing now called White Ronin Blues is that, you know, it's basically all me, uh, nobody else but me. I'm doing the writing, <laughs> penciling, inkling, writing, uh, lettering, and uh, and publishing, and it all runs, and I want it to run in uh, real time and in sequence all the way through the entire series. So that's exciting to, uh, you know, it's, like I said, it's taken me I don't know, two years of plotting out the story and another four years to draw it. So 
five and a half years ish uh, to get it to the point where I can actually start doing that. Is uh, it's it's been a long time coming. I mean, dude, twenty five years, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 quite a long time. We put out the call to everybody, you know, all of our readers and listeners, to find out if anybody else had any questions for you. The sort of tone that came back was if you felt that the changes in, in the tone and the story from the original black and white that was a little grittier, if you will, to the movies or cartoon, do you wish those ended up more serious than the jokey things that they became? No, I say I say, I say that only because that when, uh, you know, having, you know, the great fortune of being, uh, you know, the creators, the, 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 the editors, the artists, and, the, the, you know, the publishers, you know, and the trademark holders, we, we wrote and drew all the original comic books for and only for ourselves, um, kind of doing the kind of stories that we, we wanted to read and do. And then when we were approached to do, you know, an animated series or a toy series, it was the first time we sort of had to take a step back and go, well, this is specifically geared toward a much younger audience. And we didn't, you know, even then we didn't really think it would actually would actually work, <laughs> you know what I mean, um, in any of those formats. But every the, any one of those concessions, we either um, came up with ourselves, like Pete and I came up with the idea of the different colored bandanas and that kind of stuff, uh, softening up the, uh, the, the, um, the, the original origin story. Um, we either came up with the idea or approved it. So, um, and that, that's how everything that happened with the Turtles, we specifically allowed. Nobody took the rights away from us and said, we're going to do this and you can't do anything about it. We... We approved it, so it was sort of, you know, good, bad, or ugly. It was, you know, we were part of the process, and, uh, you know, I think that it's fun to have, you know, we were actually in a position where we had the best of both worlds. We were still doing the black and white books for a certain period of time and doing the kind of stories we wanted to tell, like, you know, the return to New York and those kind of stories were done well after, you know, the animation and, and the toys were well underway. Um, but the, uh, the the Turtles had this whole other life through Archie Comics and, uh uh, Playmates Toys and uh, Fred Wolf, uh, Morikami Wolf Swenson uh, animated films and live action films. I would love to continue asking you a few more questions, but we may be running over time. I don't want to run into the next person's time. No, and I, I do apologize for that. It's like I would love to continue because it's it's fun and it's really enjoyable to talk about this stuff. But they they did sort of rack and stack me with a, a bunch of back to back back interviews. But but I know I sincerely appreciate the time and uh, enjoyed talking to you. And well, uh, thank you, thank you for talking to us. And uh, we'll we'll be uh, seeing you uh, hopefully at Comic Con this year. Yeah, I was going to say that for sure. If you're if you if you're at camp, if you're going to be at Comic Con this year, you got to come by the Heavy Metal booth and say hi. I'll be there signing. Uh, my 25th, you know, I know Mirage has got a 25th anniversary collection. They're doing the uh, um, the original 550-page graphic novel. Um, I know the seventh season is coming out, which is an awesome set of DVDs. And then I've got a 25th anniversary book I'm publishing through Heavy Metal, which is a co- lots of color stories and stuff that hasn't been seen in a while, all outside the original stuff uh, that we did. So come by, I'll sign a book for you and say hi. Wow, excellent. Well, we uh, Comics Online will be there in force, and so we'll come by and see you. Thanks for talking to us today. My pleasure, Kevin. You take care, mate. Alrighty, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. And there it was. What did you think? Wasn't that great? It was awesome. Wow, was that was an incredibly awesome interview. I can't believe Cowabunga, you asked that, dude. Kevin. Right. Yeah. I'm going to have to edit that part where we, where we talk about turtle genitalia out. Yeah, I, I... I trained them. I gave them names based on an old Renaissance book I found laying in the sewer, and I named them Leonardo, Donatello, Michelangelo, and Raphael. Soon they began talking, in changing in ways I never thought possible. Pizza! Radical! That's all I can do. (laughs) 
Go ninja, go ninja, go, go ninja. I need a funny. You did that way too well. All right. Uh, and this is us signing off. Matt and Eric, bye bye. Oops. Okay. Well, that was. God, fun. those guys are whores. But you know they're whores in a good way. So anyhow, well, um, I think we hit all the shows. Oh, oh, Carl wanted to talk about Fringe and Big Bang Theory were two were two of my favorite season finales. All right. Well, tell us about Fringe. Fringe is just playing on the whole. They actually had an alternate universe ending where. Oh no way! Just like uh, Star Trek. <laughs> they end up, Olivia ends up in an in an alternate world where there's still World Trade Centers, and Obama is moving into a new White House. And Leonard Nimoy is the guy that she was been trying to find all season, Leonard and that Nimoy was the season finale. Is the twelfth Cylon? What? I'm just asking. All right, so that's cool. Um, and then what? About, what about uh, Big Bang Theory? Big Bang Theory just played on the whole Penny Leonard skirting love affair, but <laughs> him and. Raj and Howard and Sheldon are going to spend the summer in the North Pole studying slow-moving magnetic lines or something. Now, I didn't watch the first few of the second season. At the end of the first season, they're in bed. Penny and, and him are in bed together. So what happened to ruin that? No, Pen, Penny and Leonard never end up, don't end up in bed together. They're on a date, and the date just goes... <laughs> Badly, not bad enough that they hate each other, but not good enough that they end up together. I thought they ended up in bed. Was I just did I just completely hallucinate that last episode? Yeah. Now there there was another episode during the season where Leonard's mother comes to visit, and because of her personality, she she drives the two of them into bed, and of course Leonard blows it by mentioning his mother while he's in bed with Penny. Oh, jeez. Which which obviously sets the mood. Right. But I've I've really enjoyed this series because you know, you know, so many of the shows, you know, they they do nothing but play off of the 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 skirting love affair and and you know it just gets old. And there were episodes this season, um, Sheldon turned out to be one of the biggest um, punchlines. Yeah. He, he, either, he either, you know, because he's, you know, obsessive, anal retentive, OCD, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's just a unique cast of characters, but they didn't play on the whole love affair thing as much. Gotcha. And they, and, and they, they did classic lines like, let's go to the comic book store on Thursday instead of you know instead of Wednesday because it's do anything do something different Thursday <laughs> or you know it's it's the kind of show that should, that should appeal to all of us because they are us you know right. i mean they're they're geeks they're dorks you know even she you know even penny is for being you know the cute blonde right and and some of the lines are just you know oh just think Six months till Comic Con, or <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that. That is a good show. Well, and the thing is, I didn't watch it at all when it was first on. As far as uh, season one, I didn't watch it until we got it on. Uh, we got it to review it. 
Um, and you know, so then I just watched it all at once, and it was great. Yeah, I'll review season two again too. Right on. All right. Well, looks like that'll do it for this week. That was episode eleven of season nine, recorded Thursday, May fourteenth, two thousand nine. For Crows and Carl and Matt and Aaron and Dune, I'm Kevin Goswan, and for everything geek pop culture, this is Comics Online. And when he cried, seven thunders uttered their voice. Converting earthy language into thrust. As you kneel before Isaiah, when Legend of Zelda's turned to dust. Podcasting from the future like your time was dead and gone. And we rock the best site like ComicsOnline.com. Level 12 cybernetics, vibranium power acts. You communicate with snail mail while we wireless adapt. We are more than ECIs, we descend to blow your spot. You're a copy of better tech like your name was GoBots. You hoping for iTunes, but little noob, you in the danger zone. We're all the best leaders like Sepinter on his throne. Written by Stan the Man, don't you ever try to serve thee. New guys of this book like we were drawn by Jack Kirby. Hunger like Sinistar, consumer culture, then Galactus. Final Fantasy domination with our super geeky tactics. From the days of Marconi to buffing loud in Bethesda City. You can hear us on every radio, so get advice city. From leaping tall builders to going off like gamma bombs. Switch your internet browser to comicsonline.com. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed by the participants in this podcast, especially Nomad, are those of each participant themselves and do not necessarily represent those of Comics Online, any other participants, or any employers, past, present, or future of any participant, or anyone else in the world, living or dead. If you would have thought otherwise without hearing this disclaimer, maybe you're a stupid fucking retard and should probably stop punching yourself in the face only long enough to immediately and permanently log off the internet, delete all podcasts of any kind from all of your equipment, and never ever attempt to view, read or listen to grown-up talk involving sarcasm for any reason ever again, okay? Or maybe you're instead one of the other 99%. Our smart and good-looking fans who appreciate foul language and biting sarcasm as well as everything geek pop culture, even when it's delivered by a robotic voice like mine. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for the Comics Online podcasters, we invite you to post in our forums at comicsonline.com, or visit us on MySpace or Facebook, or you can simply email us at podcast at comicsonline.com. Peace out word to your mother box. But yeah, J.J. Abrams always likes to put giant red balls in things. Gee, I wonder so why. Me head. too. You know, I like to do that too. It's normally your mom's mouth. Sorry. I, I didn't and I like to have sex. <laughs> I just, I had to say that. I'm sorry. I, I, I retract my previous statement, but that was just leaving it out. All right. Welcome far. back to How to but Steal Comics. Cheap-